0: So yeah, a lot of what I, I feel like I share ends up coming from that place of, of me trying to nurture how I've been uniquely created mm-hmm. amidst all of those inner critics and amidst all of those other examples that I see and often compare myself to. It's like how can I continue to nurture how I was uniquely created without <laughs> you know without the comparison and without all that other stuff. So yeah, that's that's kind of the the heart behind it.
1: Welcome to Business With Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an entrepreneur, a business owner, a CEO, a nonprofit director, a community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is the popular Instagram poet and artist, Morgan Harper Nichols. She has created her life's work around the stories of others. Her popular Instagram feed at Morgan Harper Nichols has garnered a loyal online community of over 2 million people. And she is the author of All Along You Were Blooming, a book of poems and art she created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. She also hosts a podcast called. The Morgan Harper Nichols Show, where she shares daily reflections on finding meaning and peace in life and work. She has performed as a vocalist on several Grammy nominated projects and written for various artists, including a Billboard number no. one single performed by her sister, Jamie Grace. Her iconic Instagram art has inspired millions and landed her brand partnerships with Anthropology, Coach, Adobe, Vogue, Airy, Target, Starbucks, Kindbar, Gap, Splendid, John Paul Mitchell, and so many more. She is often creating, teaching, and performing in the hopes of spreading her unique inspirational message and inviting others into her creative process. Her latest book released yesterday, 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 uh, and it is called Peace is a Practice, an Invitation to Breathe Deep and Find a New Rhythm for Life. I was absolutely floored, so honored to have Morgan on the show. She's somebody I have long uh, admired, and she is just as kind and incredible and funny and wise as you would expect. I basically felt like I was just talking to an old friend. You are going to absolutely love this episode. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Morgan Harper Nichols. I am so excited and so honored to have the inimitable uh, Morgan Harper Nichols on the show. Welcome to the show! Thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It really is. Thank you.
1: I have been a fan of your work for so long. I like I said before recording, I feel like I know you already uh, from having sharing a mutual friend in uh, Liz Bohannon, who's been on the show. My listeners are no uh, stranger to Liz, and so uh, I just feel like we're already friends. And I'm just really excited. About this. There's so much I want to talk to you with you about. So, we're going to dive right in. Will you give us the Morgan yes. 101? So, who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today.
0: Yeah. So, my name is Morgan Harper Nichols. I am an artist and a writer. I live in Arizona, but I've lived a lot of places. And I was originally from Georgia. Georgia is where I grew up. And I've lived in Tennessee, Texas, California. And I have a lot of my moves and, and big leaps <laughs> across the country have been even from just kind of exploring and, and trying to figure out my life. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of my, my 20s um, being really broke. And <laughs>
1: also, I feel that like, on a deep level. And
0: also, yeah, and also just trying to figure out like, It's one thing to be broke, but to also feel like exhausted at the same time. And I was just like constantly exhausted, like trying to like strive, like not even for greatness, but just to like be okay and like to know that rent was going to get paid next month. And even though I had like support from family and friends, I still struggled. And me and my husband were constantly just trying a lot of different things. So I say all that to say that if you look up what I do, you'll see a lot of stuff. Like I make a lot of different things. I I have an app. I have an e-commerce store. I have all kinds of things that I do, different products and things out there. And a lot of it just comes from me just knowing that, okay, I know I at least have this thread of something and I want to just try to share it with others in a meaningful way, the best way I can. I feel like that is that kind of explains what I do and, and who I am and 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 why I, why I enjoy doing it I would say it's because I feel like it's it's stuff that six year old Morgan would have just really have loved to do and, and I'm so grateful that I that I get to do all that so yeah
1: I think so many people women especially but I think this can connect with men as well find themselves in that place in their twenties I mean I, in some ways I felt I always called it like the quarter life crisis. People always talk about the midlife crisis and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I went through a quarter life crisis in my 20s. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah, Me too. where you feel like you're you're trying to figure out your place in the world, you know, maybe you're out of school and all of a sudden you have responsibilities and yeah. you know, bills to pay and appointments to schedule and you have to like go to a dentist and like you know, just all these things that we all of a sudden find ourselves having to do, but then we get overwhelmed and we're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What's my purpose in life? I'm broke, you know, and we just, we get frazzled. And so I think yeah. so many people relate to exactly what you were saying is, we have that point in our life where we sort of are meandering about finding, you know, like walking towards the light or hoping that it's, it's that direction. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that you described like, I get to do things that six-year-old Morgan would have been really excited about. I think that's such a fun perspective because, I mean, I'm a mom to an eight and a almost six-year-old. And when you ask them, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? like They just name these really exciting, (laughs) like, big dreams. And I'm like, what? At what point do we lose that? And Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I, I just I think that that's such a beautiful thing. What was the transition point for you or was there one was it more gradual where you were kind of going from that place of being maybe a little bit frazzled and lost in the darkness to finding um and I think we're going to lead to really what your your latest book is about you know finding that peace and finding that comfort in um and confidence I think too in who you are and what you do and what you were created yeah. to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely, you know, I love talking about the childhood self and what I, what I, and I feel like I even just hearing you share about your little ones, like, yeah, I I love learning from kids. They have Mm -hmm. so much to teach us. And, and I have a two year old and I'm constantly learning from him. And at the same time though, I always, what I, what I find to be fascinating is that, you know, kind of tapping into that childlike confidence and joy. It's not just like, oh, la da 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 let me just look back and think about what I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's actually, for me, is a lot more complicated than that. I think for a while, I actually had to go through this journey of trying so hard to be what I perceived as a grown-up mm-hmm. in the world, a responsible, good, upstanding grown-up. I had to actually go through that first and realize that, Oh, that's actually not as satisfying and fulfilling as people make it seem to get back to my childhood self and to get back to what six-year-old Morgan wanted to do. Because when I was in my 20s, early 20s, like kind of like the quarter-life crisis that you're speaking about, I'm still growing up. Like, I'm not trying to be like six-year-old me, like... I'm still growing up, like, I'm like, I don't want to go, I was like, what was I doing when I was six? Oh, I was drawing terrible stick figures and (laughs) like playing with rocks. I'm like, yeah, you can't exactly do that, you know, (laughs) the rest of your life. So it took me going through this journey of honestly just striving, striving so hard. In all these different arenas and different states and in different industries and in different places, trying so hard to be like an upstanding, successful grown-up that would make my family proud and make mm-hmm. other people want to work with me or hire me or be my friend or whatever it was. And it took me, honestly, just getting really tired of yeah. that and getting exhausted to getting back to those simple things. And it ended up being the simple things that changed my whole life. Like I, on this shelf, like we're talking today, I have a shelf to the left of me and I get shows just thinking about it from when I was like seven years old and I was like writing poems in a mm. journal and I was just doing it for myself. And it ended up being a poem on a page that went viral in 2016 that changed the course of everything that I was doing. Like just words on a page So for me, I'm like, I'm grateful that I can see it really clearly in my life. I'm like, oh my gosh, I spent all these years overcomplicating it. (laughs) And then it came down to just being present and being honest and sharing something true, sharing something honest and not caring about who was going to see it. Mm. (laughs) Like that's what I, I ended up helping me grow in a way that I never imagined. So Yeah, in many ways, like, I I try to even, even subtly, like, so I I paint and I I incorporate a lot of bright colors. And even that I I try to incorporate that just to help even if in the most subtle way, like, help someone even just experiencing this bright yellow or this bright blue, just like, oh, like that pop of color just kind of like, Like some of my favorite comments that I get on on myself, and I've had some people even put a qualifier on it. They're like, I hope this isn't offensive. And I'll say, I hope this isn't offensive, but it makes me think of cotton candy. I'm like, no, that's exactly what I was hoping you would say. Like that is, that to me, I, I remember one time I got a comment. They were like, "I hope this is not offensive, but this art piece of yours reminds me of Lisa Frank." I'm like, "That's the goal." I was like, that, "I I love that you said that." So yeah, there's a lot of that in my in my work. I'm really passionate about for myself, but also helping others kind of to lean into like those simple things that end up being so empowering.
1: I love the way you described when you, how you know the, the poem that you wrote in 2016 that really changed the course of your life, that all you were simply doing was getting back to what you were created to do. That's all you were simply doing is you kind of like <laughs> let go yes. of the things that, that you thought life was telling you you were supposed to pursue. And yet you were just doing what you were created to do. And you look back at seven-year old Morgan who was doing the same thing for herself, And, uh, I just, I, I love that so much because, you know, I think about, um, like, I think it's such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ and like the way that God give everybody unique skills and talents. Like I can't paint or color like to save my life. I love color, (laughs) but like, that is not my gifting. And, you know, like, but I, I love to make people laugh. I love to be a connector. Like, I love to mm. um, to create and bring joy to people. And I, but you know, not everybody I realize has those skills. My husband loves spreadsheets. I like <laughs> Excel, is where my soul goes to die. Okay. So, like,
0: that, okay, that is know. so funny. My husband's <laughs> the exact same way with that. And Are we married like, to the same person? <laughs> I, I'm like, literally, can I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you, but can you please not share your ideas with me via spreadsheet? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like into like making them like, like coding them, like do certain things. Oh, yes. And I'm just like, yeah, don't get it.
1: <laughs> we are. Sorry. I think we're married to the same person because I kid you not. My husband has a spreadsheet for everything, for Everything. And I'm just like, who, <laughs> who are you? Um, that is not my skill set. I will like speak his love language and I will fill out a spreadsheet that he sends me oh, because, you know, I'm, I'm a loving wife. Yes. Um, but yes. yes. So it's just to me, all of that to say is like, we've got husbands who love spreadsheets. Yeah. You, you have art yes. and poetry and, and just creativity and i have the gift of laughter and things like that and i just think like yes. man god is so creative the way that he gives all of us these really unique skill sets and these gifts that we can use to bless others and the yes. way that you have taken your gifts of art and um and poetry and i mean I think anybody listening has probably seen one of your Instagram posts getting shared in somebody else's Instagram mm-hmm. stories over the last, you know, four, five, six years. I don't know. <laughs> math is hard. I'm not, a, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I don't Math is carry the one. However, since 2016, oh, same, same. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, since that time, like, and it's, you create in this way, you have this ability to, I feel like paint with words. And Mm. I don't know, it's like, is that intentional for you? Do you think of it that way? Or do you almost think of them as just like interlocking skills? Does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. Like, I I actually got a little quiet there because I was like, wow, you just, you just nailed it. Like, (laughs) like, I've never had anybody say that to me like Mm. that way before. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. You paint with words. So thank Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. That is honestly what I, I feel is that, you know, there's, there's a lot, um, how do I say this? So, you know, I grew up in a Christian Christian yeah. and I, I grew up a Christian. I am a Christian. And I remember growing up and being very conflicted because I would see other people who were great orators and great speakers. And they were either like pastors or, speak, you know, they were some kind of like public speaker like mm-hmm. in these Christian spaces. And that was kind of like my main environment. And I would I would become very conflicted was because I was like, I actually am very drawn to the storytelling and the the way of saying things to connect with people. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I just don't feel like I have the skill set to mm. do that in a way that feels natural. Like and there were times where I did even speak and I did like, you know, put like I even like preached a sermon one time. And I had people like, oh my gosh, like that was so good. You should do more of it. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, the, the, I have to go home and take like an eight hour nap after that. I'm like, if you see me doing this again, it's going to be like a decade or two from now. And I I say it jokingly, but also too, it was just like, I knew that just the way that I am, it's not natural for me to speak in that way. Mm -hmm. And what I found though, I was like, but I still love to connect with people through words. I still love to tell a story to, um, you know, I was very, inspired by like, you know, parabolic storytelling yeah. of Jesus. And I was so inspired by that. And I was just like, I think that there are other ways. Yeah. I think there are other ways of, of forming these meaningful connections with people to help them experience love and grace in their daily life. And poetry for me, just became a way of exploring that. And I I just, you know, I'm so grateful that you said that because it's something that I Mm -hmm. I I want to I want to be vocal about because I know that I'm not the only person out there who feels like, you know, for for whatever their, you know, background is or you know, culture environment, but you feel like you're not the whatever the ideal version Mm -hmm. of is in your community of like how you should be. And you feel like you're not that. So you start to question. Well, do I even have anything to say? Is there Mm -hmm. even any room for my gifts or my talents, whatever they may be? So yeah, a lot of what I I feel like I share ends up coming from that place of of me trying to nurture how I've been uniquely created Mm -hmm. amidst all of those inner critics and amidst all of those other examples that I see and often compare myself to. It's like, how can I continue to nurture how I was uniquely created without, you know, without the comparison and without all that other stuff. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the heart behind it.
1: Yeah. And I love the way that you said that. I Cause I, I've definitely felt this and I think so many people feel this and don't necessarily talk about it is this idea. And I think almost what you were saying is like, you find yourself like not fitting into a box mm-hmm. and you think like, Oh, well, if I want to be this, like whether it's a, you know, a motivational speaker, I want to be an artist, Mm -hmm. or I want to be um, a doctor, I want to be this, this, and that and the other. And I have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And it has to look like this. And that uh, image almost has been created through you know, the image we have in our minds is almost like the image that, uh, you know, maybe we've been shown through like movies and TV or yeah. whatever, like, yeah. and so we we think like, oh, well, if I want to do this, but it doesn't look like what I've seen, then I'm probably not supposed to do that thing. And mm-hmm. then you feel like, oh, well, I'm on the outside looking in. And uh, there's no place like the way kind of way the way you said is like, there's no space for me, there's no place for me, mm-hmm. like, what, what am I supposed to do? But yet, when you kind of commit to that thing that is within your soul that when you commit to that thing and and you do what you feel you've been created to do all of a sudden you create a new box you create a new place mm, yeah. for then somebody else yeah. along the way to be like oh that that's what i connect to like that's what i was supposed oh, to do you know what i mean yeah, um exactly, and maybe it's cuz like i'm yeah. in my my mid to late 30s um you know and <laughs> and I, maybe it's like at that point in my life i'm at that point in my life where i'm just like I don't really care if I don't fit in a box. Yeah, like I, yeah. I never fit. Yeah. I never fit in a box. I used to get in trouble in elementary school for laughing. Um, <laughs> like my teachers would tell me I laughed too loudly. Oh um, my god! Yeah, and then I remember, and this was something I was like legitimately self conscious about for a really long time because I got like reprimanded for it in school. And then my first job out of college, I worked in a very stuffy, professional, political environment, and. I had a boss like pull me into his office and tell me that I, my laugh was disturbing my coworkers. And I was like, but I it's not like I was like oh. sitting around like cackling 24 seven. Like I was just wow. laughing my genetically gifted laugh, <laughs> like, Wow, you know? And so I think for a long time, like that then caused me to second guess myself. It caused me to mm-hmm. maybe like not to use a, I feel like maybe a cliche, but like a play small. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, I have a loud laugh. Like both everyone in my family yeah. did. I'm a child of Irish Catholics. Like we all have yeah. loud laughs. Like it's just, <laughs> it is what it is anyway. So I just, I think that what you said, I think so many people relate to that, connect with that. Um And I know that for you, that, that visual art that you create and you create it in such a way. And I loved you shared those comments like, Oh, this reminds me of cotton candy or like, this reminds me of Lisa (laughs) Frank. And I think that's the beauty of art. And that's the beauty of poetry is different people will take different things Mm -hmm. away from it. Um, And that's the beauty of creativity, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that is the, the beauty of it is that there's all these different versions of how you can be and how you can express your art and share your story. And, and that remains true, regardless of what's marketed to you. Yes. <laughs> it's like you may you may have, you know, depending on how your algorithm set up or, you <laughs> yeah. know, what kind of environment you're in, you may be getting fed. Like, this is how you should be in the world. This is how you should share your story. This is how you should, you know, it's like, you know, I have to think about the fact that I was like, there's probably somebody out there right now looking at what I do saying, Okay, I actually want to be a poet and an artist, but not like Morgan Harper Nichols does. I want to do something else, but yeah. I can't find the example. So I was like, it could even happen, you know, yeah. <laughs> even my own way. Okay, somebody might still, you know, maybe they have someone in their ear saying, Well, you should be like Morgan Harper Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> you should be that. And if anyone's saying that, please stop. Oh my gosh, please don't do that to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 please. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it's like there's all these different ways that we start to, and I wonder too if it's if some of that just comes from we as humans are just natural storytellers. Mm-hmm. So we're just we're naturally like kind of looking for patterns and stories that we see. And then when you factor in, like marketers are also doing that to you, or and maybe like people you look up to in your community are telling you stories yeah. about how you should be that's just so much pressure so much pressure. So it's like, we have to like, give ourselves grace to, to work through it. And, and to recognize that, you know, we might, we might go through seasons where we, might have the loudest laugh in the room and <laughs> we have to learn how to like be like yeah and it is what it is yeah, like it, 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 it is what it is. is it's kind of my motto and, <laughs> and that's just what we're gonna go with so yeah, yeah I, I just I think that like I'm so sorry that was said to you and, oh. and I'm so I, but I'm so glad that you you're able to see like but this is who I am and yeah. I'm like wow we definitely need more of that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Morgan to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Are you looking to clean up your household cleaning products this year? Mama Suds is here to help. The best way is to simply start with one product. Every time you run out of a specific cleaning product, just replace it with a non-toxic one. Another tip is to purchase a product that might have multiple uses. The Mama Suds collection has so many multi-use products like the Castile soap, the toilet bombs, the multi-purpose cleaner. They're all amazing. Their blog also has a ton of great tips and a Castile soap recipe you can print off and make your own effective cleaners at home. Give them a try at mamasuds.com and don't forget to use the coupon code Molly for 15% off your order. Now, without further ado, back to my conversation with Morgan Harper Nichols. There's another thing that I've I've seen you you say before, and I just think it is such a beautiful way uh, to describe another way to describe what you do. And you said that your art, your poetry, is simply a way of expressing gratitude. And I just think that is oh my gosh! Once again, I said you're like a poet. Well, you're a painter with words. Um, (laughs) Can you tell like talk about that and how that? plays out for you of your art and your poetry being a way of expressing gratitude?
0: Yes. So whenever you know you share something online, whether that's a personal post or it's uh you know something with your job or whatever, whenever you share, it's likely that many different people are going to see it. And I find that to be fascinating because just a short while ago, most of us grew up with, we did not grow up in a world where literally anybody could just create an account and start saying stuff and then people would see it. So it's pretty new that you can put something out there and and other people can see it and engage with it. And I point that out, I'm going to start with this. (laughs) I point that out because I think it's very easy to after you started sharing something, after you started to put your put your work out there or, or put your your voice out there or whatever it is, after you start to do that, it's very very easy to slip into not enough people are seeing it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not enough people are engaging with it. Oh well, I got. 1,000 likes on this or a 100 comments. So I'm really proud of it. Well, this person shares something similar and they got a 1,000 comments and a million likes. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very quick that that can happen. And it's very quick that not only that happens, but that can start to affect your self worth, how you see yourself, how you see your art, how you create. And these are all very real things that I have been through. I went through an entire at least two years of my life, when I was a brief, I was a full-time musician and I was traveling and I was touring and I was on the road with other artists. And I went through a full two years where I would not even share a picture from that night show if there were empty seats, oh, because wow. I didn't want to be perceived as an artist who was playing small venues where people weren't showing up. Mm-hmm. And that impacted me. And a lot of artists, it impacts a lot of artists, a lot of artists feel, and in many cases have even been told by management or or labels like you need to look successful. You mm. need to look like you have it all together. So having dealt with that myself, I was like, if I am going to share my poetry, share my art, share my words online, I've got to find a way to, to work through this. And I do that by practicing gratitude. And what I do is... I have I have this note in my app, in my phone, on my app. I have it pinned. And it says, you, as long as you're doing this work, you'll always have something to do because there's always a comment you haven't responded to, a like you haven't thanked someone for, a message you haven't responded to. If you're feeling bored, frustrated, low, low self-worth, go and respond to someone and just say, thank you. Thank you for liking my posts. Thank you for leaving this comment. Thank you for giving me feedback on this. So to this day, at 1.9 million followers on Instagram, I still, to this day, I will go through likes on my posts and I will find people and I'll DM them and say, I just want to say thank you for liking my posts. I just want to say thank you for reading what I share. Yeah. And I do that on a regular basis. And I, I hope I never stop that practice because it's never too much to stop and say thank you. And I truly believe that that is what sustains what I do, Mm. because if I'm not grateful for the people that are already here, who are already saying, Hey, I appreciate you sharing this. Hey, thank you for, you know, if I'm not saying thank you, but if I'm, if I'm not grateful, like how can I expect to grow? Mm. (laughs) And I've had this mindset from the very beginning. I really have, and I've stuck with it and I'm proud of myself for sticking with it because it's not that I stuck with it perfectly. I still have plenty of moments where I'm just like, oh my gosh, am I doing enough? Am I doing the wrong thing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, did oh, engagement's down. You know, am I doing something wrong? I still have those moments. But at the same time, I keep returning to that practice of expressing gratitude one person at a time.
1: I think that's such an incredible example. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that a lot of times we drill into our kids, <laughs> And then sometimes we are not as great at it ourselves. I have something a little similar, but I just have like a gratitude note in my phone um, where I just that day, um actually my my counselor calls them mana moments. Mm. and it's like the little things throughout the day that are like mana from heaven, like the mm-hmm. the provision of that day. And so I have a a note in my phone that's just called like my mana moments, which is my gratitude. and whether it's like, the sunset was really beautiful today. Or my my son told a really funny joke that made me laugh. Or our chickens gave us nine eggs today. Just, I mean, even if mm, it's like the that. littlest details to all the way up to like, you know, uh, my husband and I laughed or, till we cried, or things like that. That then when I'm having those moments of like throwing myself a pity party, I can open that up and like be like, oh, look at all the manna that God has like given mm. me. And even though it might mm. not be this like big thing which yeah. I just uh, has really, I think, similarly changed my mindset. Well, I think this perfectly transitions into talking about uh, your latest book, which comes out, it came out this month. By the time this airs, it'll be out into the world, um, which everyone should go buy it yes. right now. Um, and it's called Peace is a Practice, an Invitation to Breathe Deep and Find a New Rhythm for Life. And just the title alone like, makes me want to go, <sighs> <laughs> to, take a big sigh. <laughs> Um, and it's, you know, you said, uh, I saw in an interview, you talked about how this is really different than a lot of your other books and how it's really a more of a practical approach to how you yourself practice peace in, in daily life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a message and a book that is so needed right now, because let's just call a spade a spade. Like the last two years have stolen peace from a lot of us, um, yeah. last maybe even longer than that, really the last probably four or five, six years, have mm-hmm. stolen a lot of peace from us. And so finding that peace, breathing deep, seems just out of reach for a lot of people. Mm. So talk to yeah. us, us about the book, uh, why it's different from what you've done, and and some of those kind of practical things that you've been doing in your own life. Mm.
0: Yes. So I I get really practical in this book because... I recognize that yes I I I love to share poetry and I I am a poet and I love to write in a lyrical way and at the same time there's there's almost kind of like these these bookmarks I mean these uh, book bookshelf Um, wow, why am I blinking on what that word is? Um, the book
1: bookends bookends, (sighs) bookends, wow, oh my goodness! Like, I was sitting here, I was like, like, the word was just like in my brain, but it just
0: would not come out of my mouth No, it's all right, but there's almost like these, (laughs) there's almost like these bookends to the poetry and art, and that is me having struggled in my own life, having grown up being educated of the struggle of my ancestors. Mm -hmm. me being all too aware of the struggle that is happening in the world. And all of that stuff informs the art and the poetry that I hope is peaceful for people. So there's all this other work. There's all this other just opportunities to learn and grow that help us be able to create more room to breathe and more peace. And one of the examples that I give at the very beginning of the book, I talk about how when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in Georgia and we went down to Savannah, Georgia, where there is a church called the First African Baptist Church. And mm-hmm. if you go on a tour of this church, you'll see that there are holes in the holes in the floor that were drilled into the floor of this church. And it's through these holes like underneath the floorboard, That is where runaway slaves would hide while they were awaiting freedom. Mm. And it's through those drilled holes in the floor that they were able to breathe while they were awaiting freedom, the the holes drilled in the floorboard of the church. And that image stayed with me forever. I Mm. mean, I saw that when I was a kid and it stayed with me forever. And the older I've gotten, the more I've recognized that while I am Very aware of the stress and the strain and the violence and the injustice that's happening in the world. In many ways, I found that it's through small practices, such as making art that makes people feel seen in their struggle, are drilling holes in the floor. Mm. It's drilling those holes in the floor to help create more room to breathe. Hopefully, to a point that we don't have to drill holes in the floor anymore. Yeah, And that is honestly, I, I started with that right in the beginning of the book because I wanted to make it very clear that there are times where a word like peace may seem passive. You know, there's times where well, a lot of a lot of our positive words can seem passive peace and hope and oh, I just want to breathe and love. And it's also great. But it's like to get there, it takes real practice, generational practice. It takes being present, not only to our own struggle, but to one another's struggle. And how can we all lean into our strengths and our gifts and what we've been given to create freedom to breathe in the world? And I define peace in the book as peace is freedom to breathe. It's saying like, finally out in the wilderness, I have freedom to breathe. So throughout the book, I give practices, both big and small, that I've learned and I practice myself to help other people. One, you can use these practices and also create your own and Mm -hmm. bring them into your own communities and say, like, here's how we can practice peace on a daily basis.
1: What a powerful story and a powerful image. Um, Thank you for sharing that because that is Oof! like that is just, it's a gut punch um, when you think about that. But then the way that you've taken that, that image of, of drilled holes in the floor and the way that you have so beautifully, I think created an opportunity for all of us to see um, that pain, progress and peace can coexist Mm -hmm. um, and how they're not mutually exclusive. And that in some ways, like we can find find that peace through like progressing out of pain. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I articulated oh, yeah. that correctly, but yeah, that's just that's that's a really beautiful um image and man, it's hard though. <laughs> it's hard and um and mm-hmm. I don't know if this was true for you because I know um just from knowing a little bit of your story, I know that this was not always something that was easy for you and came easy and Like with anything, uh, it takes time and it takes practice and it takes intentionality. And I'd be curious, like for you, as you began these kind of daily habits, these daily practices, kind of creating that that space to breathe and creating that peace in your own life. Did that come out of a season of pain? Um, Like for me, and the reason I say that is because the last few years for me, coming out of a season of like really deep pain, um, like just personal stuff that just brought me. To almost a breaking point. It was in that season of deep pain where I I felt like this conversation with the Lord saying, you've, you have two choices here. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can like lean into that pain and you can throw yourself a pity party of how terrible things are and how sad you are and all those kinds of things. Um, and you can go down that path if you want, like you have mm-hmm. the free will choice to do that. Um, but here's what's going to happen if you do that. Or <laughs> you can head down this other path and like run towards that practice of peace and, and what that looked like for me um, and all that kind of. And, and I, fa- I made that decision to kind of go down that mm. path of like, I'm going to yeah. pursue peace when like that peace that surpasses all understanding, like the peace that just yeah. like people are like, I don't understand why she's doing that, or I don't, this doesn't make any sense. And that was life changing for me to make that conscious decision when it was really difficult to pursue peace in the midst of pain. And so I'm curious like if that was a, if your story' is a little bit similar to that.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. and I, I love the you know how you really kind of laid that out because I think it's it's it points to how we get to these points in our life where we suddenly become aware that, oh wait. I have options. Like, you know, there's, there's a way that I can choose to, to look at this, you know, I miss everything you can't control. You know, it's like, well, let me focus on what I can control. Let me focus on what I can do.
1: Yes. And for
0: me, it's been very, that has been very, very literal. So I, I am autistic. I was diagnosed uh, a year ago and, um, prior to my diagnosis, you know, I, I didn't know I was autistic. And for you know those who may not be familiar, um, autism it's it's neurological. I mean it it, it impacts every facet of my life. I and mean, one of the things that it in fact for me and you know it's a spectrum. Everyone has different experiences, but for me a lot of it has to do with sensory issues. So I have a lot of different sensory issues that have to do with sound, bright lights. So for me. I have an encyclopedia worth, and I don't mean like a single book encyclopedia, I mean like that old school A to Z that took up the whole bookshelf. <laughs> I have an encyclopedia worth of stories of my life, of moments where I had to say, you know what? I cannot control how loud this room is. I can't control how bright these lights are. So what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to go stand outside for a little bit and just breathe. And so for me, it started out very practically. I'm like, I I have a lot of experience in that area of having to, in real time, recognize what I don't have control over and finding peace in that moment. So for me, it's like when I talk about, and I write about this in my poetry and even in the book, when I'm talking about like being present to the moment and finding peace in the moment, I mean that literally. Like I'm not talking about like just this intellectual, poetic, like stoic, life. like, oh, I've, you know, perfected stoic lifestyle. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like an everyday human being who is physically even trying to find that peace in the present moment. I have known that reality to be very true in my life. And because of that, it's helped me to be able to see how this applies in other areas. So even when I consider everything that's been going on over the past few years, I was like, you know what? I've never been here before, but I have known hardship before. I have known unknowns before. I have known what it means to feel like peace is taken away from me and it's too far away. I have known that feeling. So what have I done then? I have continued to practice finding peace and finding freedom to breathe in those moments. And that's how I'm gonna navigate this. I'm not going to be able to do it perfectly because I'm figuring out in real time, just like everybody else, but I am allowed to practice. There is grace for me to practice.
1: Yes. I. So many yeses to that, uh, that, that idea of, of practicing peace over and over and over again. And I love also that point that you talked about how you had to have this like conscious moment where you're with yourself of here's what I can control and here's what I cannot control. And how do Mm -hmm. I, um, but like I can control my practice of peace at this very moment, even though I cannot control all of the other like things around me. Um, and that's like one of the things that I try to talk to my kids all the time about, because so often they get like, you know, and I think, I mean, you have a two-year-old, so you get it too. like two-year-olds have (laughs) lots of feelings about things that they cannot control. And um, yeah, and my kids always have big feelings about things they can't control. And I just have to kind of, in a loving and motherly way, explain to them like, there is nothing that we can do about this thing that is upsetting Mm -hmm. you right now. Like it's just, it is what it is. So what can you control right now? And that's a really hard thing for a five, six year old boy to wrap their head around. It's a really <laughs> hard thing. It's a really hard thing for a 36 year old woman to wrap her head around. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's it. But it's a it's a daily conscious effort that we we go through over and over again. But I love the way that you articulate this and uh, again, kind of paint with words this this image of this is something that we practice over and over again, but you give mm-hmm. people the space to find that rhythm, find that peace amidst all of the crazy. Um, so I, I do want to talk really quickly before we transition to the get to know you round. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, you were diagnosed with autism about a year ago. And one of the things that's kind of unique about that is one that you were diagnosed as an adult, which is is, mm-hmm. you know, not super common. Um, but also, you kind of got diagnosed through by TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, can you tell this story? Because when I when I read yeah. this story, I was like, "Wait, I'm gonna need to hear the, the behind the scenes uh, on this."
0: Yes. Yes. So I was, um, you know. So the little backstory is that when I was a kid, my parents did think that it could be possible that I was on the spectrum. However trying to find a physician who would listen was very hard I mean Mm. there's there there wasn't especially back in the 90s it's getting a little bit better but a lot of people are still having issues especially for a little black girl in the 90s like that that was just there's not a lot of research um for someone that looks like me so they got told no a lot and it just it kind of just you know, there was just no, no support there. So as I got older, I knew that it was kind of like a thread of like possibility, but I didn't really have much to go off of. And then when I was 27, I went to a doctor and he was just like my you know regular physician. And I was just recognizing that some of the things that I thought I like, for instance, like a lot of social issues and or just communication differences, I, I should say, like that, that autistic people have. I was like, that, that feels like me. I was like, I, I feel like I thought I was going to like grow out of this quote unquote, but I'm 27. I, I think I'm like an adult now. I, I feel like there's something here. So I, I mentioned this to my doctor, and without even looking up from his clipboard, he was like, You're perfectly normal. You have nothing to worry about. And sadly, I took his word. Mm, and I man. went the next few years just feeling like, Oh, well, it's just on me to like figure all this out. And it was during 2020, I was at home and I started to watch, um, I was on TikTok and I started to get, I don't even know like what, like I don't know the path of like what led me onto like autistic adult TikTok. I don't even know. I think it, it could be that I was like following a lot of like mental health stuff. So maybe it was like adjacent to that. I'm not sure. But the algorithm started to show me a lot of experiences of, of, of people sharing their stories who are autistic and they have been diagnosed as adults, especially women. And as they were sharing their stories, their symptoms, what they struggled with, like my job just kept dropping. I was just like, this is my whole life. Like mm. this is my whole story. Like <laughs> that doctor was wrong. Yeah. So I ended up going to Google and finding a specialist in my area who specialized in seeing adults. And it was through that that I went through a several more process of of, of getting diagnosed, and, and yeah, it was it was TikTok, it was the algorithm wow. showing me videos <laughs> that led me to say, oh wait a minute there is something here. So,
1: wow. Yeah. Wow. What like the power, you know, we always hear about like the negative sides of the internet. And then I love to hear yeah. like the positive <laughs> sides of the internet where it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, And, and I think I heard you say uh, maybe in, in an interview or maybe you wrote something online, Um, but just how in so many ways, like it was like connecting dots for you where you were just like, oh, it like, it all makes sense now. Um, And almost like gave you another, another step of freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. It really did. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, again, I always just give this disclaimer out there. Everyone's experience is different. Mm-hmm. You know, not not everybody even has, I mean, one, the, the process to even get diagnosed or see a specialist is a hurdle for many people, even just because of financial reasons or accessibility. Like, this is a really big issue. Um, and at the same time for me, I was just so grateful that when I was able to get my diagnosis, I walked out of there grateful I walked out of there feeling empowered. Mm -hmm. I felt like I finally had language for the struggle in my life that had had no name for a very long time. It was like this constant, constant level of, of just shakiness and restlessness in my life that was like in the underbelly of everything, every facet of my life, and not having answers for it. And finally being able to hear, hey, Here's what's going on. And also my specialist, who I just love dearly, said after that, here's everything that's going on. And also, it's not your fault. Mm. And I just, that was my, like, I am not saying I am cool enough to have a movie about my life, but that was a turning point for me. (laughs) Like, if there was a movie, like, if there was a scene where, you know, the sun is, like, glimmering in, you know, you can see, like, okay, this is the big, this is the moment of the character's life. That was my moment. That like, yeah. Wow. There was so much freedom in that that I I am just so so grateful for. Wow. So,
1: yeah. Wow. Morgan, thank you for sharing that. And um, I know in turn like you sharing your story is gonna help other people and and give them that freedom and and um have help other people connect dots because <laughs> i'm sure yeah. that there are more men and women out there who are just like you and um and maybe have been told by a doctor you're per- everything's perfectly fine when you know deep in your soul like no something is something's not yeah. something's not adding up something's not adding up yeah. so thank you for sharing Absolutely. your story your transparency your honesty um that's just another one of the beautiful things uh, about you. Um, all right. Well, before we get to the get to know you round, there's obviously so many other things I would love to talk with you about. And, um, but um, for the listeners, I will have uh, all of Morgan's information in the show notes. How you can get her books and where you can shop her art, all of her many entrepreneurial pursuits, like how you can support her, and <laughs> um, and just just breathe in and and you know see Lisa Frank and her paintings or cotton candy <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, yes. I will have all that in the show notes for you. Okay, Morgan, this is the part of the show where we ask just some fun get to know you questions, uh, even though we haven't, you know, been doing that the last, you know, or we've haven't already been doing that. Um, So Morgan, are you ready for the get to know you round? I'm
0: so excited.
1: (laughs) All right. Okay. Question number one is what is your biggest guilty pleasure right now?
0: Oh, my gosh. Ah, hmm. Donuts. (laughs) Donuts. Donuts.
1: <laughs> yes. Like a particular kind or is it like you are, yes. uh, you are, oh, you might
0: you might appreciate this. Was, I think it was founded in your state. Krispy Kreme.
1: Oh yes. Morgan, yeah. I knew I so liked you. I live in
0: Arizona. There are barely any Krispy Kreme. There's like one city that has Krispy Kreme. And we're like, why only in this one city? Yes. But Oh, we go to that city. Um, and it's just like, it's so funny because like, w- there's so many other donut places that we pass. And my husband's like, well, what about these donuts? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I've, we're going out of the way for this one. So it's not even so much the, the thing itself. It's just how many other donuts I have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> to get donuts. That's the part that's like, really, Morgan? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. that's what we're doing. Oh, that's yeah. what we're doing. I no offense to all the other shops out there; nope. they're great, delicious donuts. No, but it's not. I'm after. I'm after the Krispy Kreme. It's not the
1: same. And when people try to talk, like, when people try to argue with me that Dunkin' Donuts is better, I'm like, that's going to be a negative. That's going to be a you don't even false. Understand. But
0: is the Krispy Kreme from North Carolina? It Am is. I remembering that? It is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There is a yes. Krispy Kreme that is very close to my house, and I live in the country, so like I'm not close yeah. to a lot of things, but I'm close to a Krispy Kreme, You're and I finally. <laughs> I finally had to unsubscribe from their email list because i oh kept getting gosh, these things we're like morgan I, I got like three weekends oh in a row gosh. an email that had a coupon for like buy one dozen donuts get a dozen glazed free and i'm like oh so two gosh. dozen crispy creams and i'm like do i need to get on the email list? it's a fam- we're a family of four i'm like this what? is a really oh like I know and it's like when you go
0: it's like You can't, you can't just help it one. I mean you, like the box fit so perfectly it's in your hand like per- you, gotta, it's perfect. you gotta go for it And then yeah, the hot
1: now sign is on And it's I like know. when the hot oh now gosh. sign Is on it's like a It's like a beacon it's like you can't, and you it's just like have to turn no. in And you're just like yeah, the hot like now, now like, sign's on Yeah it's
0: exactly <laughs> that. So I have to ask you this Did Y'all do the, the Kissing Cream fundraisers Growing up Did Oh do that. Mhm. We used to do that at church. And I felt like we would always eat all the donuts. Yes. Like it was just like, I'm like, do we have to sell? these?
1: I know. I, I know. And then them. they have and I've never done it. But I have friends that because they do one here um in the Raleigh area. There's like the Krispy Kreme 5k. And so oh. you run. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never done this because I'm like, this is a terrible idea. You run uh, this 5k, but you run two and a half miles. I think it's a 5k. You run two and a half miles. You eat like six, either a half dozen or a dozen donuts. And then you run another two and a half miles. I'm like, that makes, I, why (laughs) Lord, why Lord? This is why we can't have nice things It's because we do things like this. That is
0: hilarious. It is really funny. Wow. It is very funny.
1: Um, Okay. So, okay. Question number two is, what is the thing in your life that just makes you laugh the hardest?
0: Demarcus Sean on TikTok. (laughs) Mike drop everyone seriously i think his account is art by demarcus sean art by demarcus like, sean i'm just like why does he not have an oscar he does this observational <laughs> comedy that is i mean everyone in my family is so tired of me sending them demarcus sean comedy <laughs> but i literally i am like i don't even i just don't even know how to expect like, he he does his characters like it'll be like the friend who like can't stand mcdonald's or it'll be like, when you try to get off work, but your boss won't let you, they're giving you a hard time. Like he's just saying some, those are, those are just, I'm not, I'm, bare, I'm not even doing it justice.
1: Like you just got to go look at yourself. I'm absolutely like, don't that, going like, to go check him out.
0: Seriously. Like I have watched every single one of these videos. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just hope some network or somebody just like, I'm like, this guy deserves to be heard and seen by everyone. Like he is so funny. So
1: yeah, I <laughs> love it. Answer. that is the best answer. That's the best answer. And I'm, as yes. soon as we get off of this uh, interview, I'm definitely <laughs> yes, going please. to go look him up. Um, yes. Perfect. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite artist?
0: Ooh, that's so, oh my gosh, it's so hard. I, I have a quite a few, but I would say that my, probably my go-to, like, I look at this artist and I take a deep breath and I'm like, their contribution is so meaningful to mm. me. And that is Alma Thomas. She mm. was a, she was a black abstract artist and it is very hard to find one black painters in general. Yeah. It's just, it, you have to kind of dig. It is getting better. It yeah. is getting better. I feel like more people are getting more educated and getting things out there. There's actually a great documentary on Netflix um, about black art that I highly recommend to mm. And yeah, um, But yeah, Alma Thomas, it's just like when I first encountered her work, I was just like, Yeah, this is a role model to me. Like this is somebody who, you know, I I I look up to. And I obviously I never got to meet her, but I I just really love her contribution and her story. And the artwork is just so beautiful. And I love to talk about her because I think they're working on a new book for her. But when I first found out about her, her book wasn't even in print anymore. So Mm -hmm. I have like a lot of big like art books. Like I love to collect like different art books. It was so hard to find her book. I literally had to find it on eBay. I paid the most that I've ever paid for a book just so I could have it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I want more people to know who she is. And she's one of my favorites. So, oh, that's yeah, incredible. Alma Thomas.
1: That's incredible. Um, Okay, Morgan. And this is the last question. This is the question I ask all my guests. And, you know, with you being somebody who uh, has an entrepreneurial spirit, you have so many different, uh, you know, kind of bits and pieces of your business um, and you do it with such intentionality and beauty. What does it mean to you to run a business with purpose?
0: Mm, I love that. I would say that it's it's to know that what your strengths are and to know what you can do and what you can't do. And I feel like it's very connected to what I feel like purpose is, which is your why. And I feel like your why. Whatever your why is, it's not everything. It's not well. Oh, I, so I can do this. This is not. It's it's focused on what your actual story is and what your actual experiences are. So for me, what that looks like is my purpose is to connect with people and to form meaningful connections with people to help foster a sense of empathy and peace and love and joy and grace in the world. Mm. That's what I want to do and. One thing that's not a part of that purpose is spreadsheets. For instance, so from a business perspective, it's like, I absolutely have to have someone to help me with all those other things that are just not my strengths. So I really think it's a, for me, it's a best case scenario when I can constantly stay in a posture. I, I have to go like, when it comes to business decisions, I have to think about this every single day. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. That's gonna have to wait because we don't have the budget for it. This I can get someone else to help me with. Oh, that's gotta wait too. Oh, this I need help with. Like it's it's a constant recognizing this is what I can do. Like I even have had a recent realization because you know there's such a there's such a thing out there like even outside of having because like, we have five people on our team uh, including myself and I love the people on our team and at the same time I have to recognize like. I'm not just going to like, just give everything to my team just because they're a team. I'm like, there's some things that I can do and I want to do, even though I'm the boss. And I'm like, I have to figure out what those things are and I can focus on that. So one of those things is like, I am still very much so invested in the writing and the topics that we're talking about across the app, across my shop and all those things. I'm not as invested in like the Email marketing part because that involves spreadsheets and um, (laughs) that's not a strength of mine. So I hope that makes sense. Something I'm constantly just working through of like how can I just continue to lean into my why and why I do what I do and focusing on that and then empowering other people and and bringing in help to bring those other parts to make it you know to make the business run. So yeah.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Morgan, this has been uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for painting with words. Um, and thank you for oh, being here. Um, it's been uh, truly an honor. I really
0: enjoyed this conversation. And, and yes, I hope we get to chat again at some point. Yes, a I, lot would,
1: of fun. <laughs> I would love it. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business With Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business With Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show so, Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts, click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend, It is totally free for you. And it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.